it's it's good to see you. It's good to see you as well. Um, how have you uh, how have you been? Uh, pretty good. Not too bad. Just um, I possibly made a new friend today. Isn't which that the is, craziest thing? Which is like I'm I'm 31 and I'm still like <laughs> and I made a new friend. You know, like next I'll be turning water to wine. Genuinely, though, making friends as an adult is a small miracle. It really is. Because if you think about it, like, for for the two of us, right, where would we have made the most friends? We made friends at school. At school. Which we don't go to anymore. No. We made friends at church. Yep. We theoretically have gone to the same church for a while, so not really a massive influx of new friends. No. And work. Work. Yeah. And you are now self-employed, so I imagine you're not hiring people to be your friend, you're you're hiring people to be your employee. Correct. So, those are the three places we're most likely to make new friends, and it's like, all of those have been the same for a minute. Yes. Not a whole lot of new friends. Yeah, not a whole lot of new stuff going on in those areas. So yeah, it's um, it was cool. I We've got a uh, little coffee shop here right off the square and um i was like you know what i'm gonna go i went to the chiropractor this morning and then was like i'm gonna go over to the to the little coffee shop and just uh just hang out and so i went over there and it was actually very crowded for um middle of nowhere tennessee and uh and i went i went over to this one guy who had a chair open beside him and i said hey do you mind if i sit here and he's like yeah sure and then um, next thing you know, we start talking, and and we had like a a whole lot in common, and that's awesome. Yeah, and I was like, well, this is just wild, and yeah. uh, so huge blessing, and uh, very excited, and so I've been thinking about that all day. I keep going back to it, like, did that really just happen? <laughs> I think I think that just happened. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, that was that was neat. So what what about you? Pretty much same old, same old. Um, I was talking to one of my coworkers the other day about how regimented my weeks are because I'm a person who craves consistency and, and schedule in that sense. Mm-hmm. And genuinely, other than like Saturday, every single night of the week is accounted for, like with a predetermined plan of like, this is what I want to do that night. And she looked at me and she was just like, really? She was like, you don't do anything spontaneous? I was like, no, I have my spontaneity on Mondays. I was very proud of that joke, but it just, whoosh, oh, completely that's so missed sad. her. Don't you hate it when that happens? That's the worst feeling. So I was just sitting there and I was just like, uh, uh, she was like, wow, you, your life sounds really boring. I was like, it's my life and I like it. <laughs> and I'm funny. Dang it. I'm hilarious. You just don't, you don't get my jokes. That is, that is my life. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes my jokes are very obvious and not funny. It's because that people aren't as smart as you as what it is. I very rarely assume that. When I was in school, I would assume that all the time because school, you have a quantifiable, I am better than you. But in real life, nah, everybody (laughs) knows different things.
<laughs> well, welcome to another episode of They Didn't Ask Us. I am Jay, and with me, of course, is my wonderful co-host, John Fett. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll absolutely take it. We that. need to do at least one episode where we sound like we're talking through a helmet and maybe even do a video of us wearing Mandalorian helmets. I, I'm not even going to lie to you, Jay. I spent probably 45 minutes last week just, like, scrolling through Etsy, trying to find, like... Because, obviously, like, the Black Series, the Star Wars Black Series makes Mandalorian helmets. Um, but they're expensive, and they're pretty well, much the one size, and they might not fit my head. So theoretically someone on etsy could have a 3d printer and could make like adjust not adjustable size but like different sized helmets Mm -hmm. and then you could get like padding and stuff and you could theoretically theoretically like paint it to fit your personality and get a visor and all that stuff and i i wrap it hold down that for entirely too long Mm. but it didn't didn't dissuade me i still want to do it (laughs) (laughs) hey i'm right there with you man like i I still want to buy a really nice lightsaber just to be able to have, mm-hmm. like, even just to put it on the wall yeah. somewhere where my wife will allow me to do that and be like, yeah, that's my lightsaber, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, one, uh, I want to do that, and two, it'll go right here. Okay. The there you go. Like, I already, I have long-term planned out where things go in this room so (laughs) well man we um we have quite a bit to talk about today actually um there's not anything like new uh serious that that that's come out recently um so we're not going to be doing anything like that but we have neglected to talk about book of boba fett and we've only done the first two episodes so we've actually got three, four, five, and six to talk about today, um, as well as just a, just kind of a follow-up to what is it that we are looking forward to that's coming out soon, because we've got a handful of stuff that's coming out here in the next month or so, so we're going to discuss some of that as well. Um, but John uh, posed a really good question to me earlier today, one that... I actually had to do quite a bit of thinking. It's a really fun one. It is, but basically it's what nerdy first impression has lasted with you the longest? Meaning what's something that you experienced for the first time that has something to do with TV, movies, comic books, video games, yada, 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 that still holds true today and that has just like been in, you know imprinted in your mind. Mm-hmm. So and I've I'm going to allow you to this. go first since okay. you pose such a great question. Yeah, I I have been asking people this off and on for like two weeks because probably about two and a half weeks ago, uh, Meg and I were at McKay's, which is one of my favorite stores. I I talk about it all the time. Um, and I walked past this action figure for the TV show Westworld, mm. which if you haven't seen it, I've only seen season one, but I know season one of Westworld to be incredible. It is, it is an excellent season. And I don't think this is too, too much of a spoiler. I mean, there's a twist, 
it's a show that came out somewhat recently. There's a twist throughout the first season. Um, and it just got me thinking of if you could experience something again for the first time, mm. what would it be? And it was very hard for me to shake being able to rewatch Westworld for the first time. And it's not even that I love Westworld. Like I said, there's like three or four seasons of it now, and I've only seen season one. But the the idea of getting to experience a twist that is very well-crafted again is very, very enthralling. Mm. So what was what was yours? For me, my number one thing that left such a lasting impression on me and then also something that I wish so badly I could go back and experience it for the first time is seeing The Dark Knight. Ooh, yeah. Because it was such a... Like, Batman Begins was amazing. Very good movie. And then we knew at the end of that one who the next villain was most likely going to be. Yeah. And and so just the anticipation for this movie and then going in and I remember seeing it at midnight and seeing it in IMAX and just being so excited. Yeah. And um, and it was amazing. I remember also leaving and just thinking, what? an amazing movie. I don't know if they're ever going to be able to top that. Yeah. I mean, you could argue. I don't know that they have. Yeah. I mean, DC, I would say somewhat comfortably has not, but definitely not. <laughs> but, but I think that's a, a bigger, que- like a, the bigger scope of the question would be, has there been a better comic book movie? And you can argue, um, MCU, other things like that have happened since. And I would listen to that argument and I would, I would participate. I'm too combative not to. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think to even ramp up being able to experience the dark Knight again, to be in that moment and just the first scene, the bank robbery, just being able to go back in that same setting, like you were opening night in the IMAX sitting there watching the dark Knight is an incredible movie. You're not going to hear me impugn it or talk, talk trash about it at all. But I think you could make the argument that opening scene is the best scene of the entire movie. Oh, yeah. And being able to experience that again, mm-hmm. leading into the experience of the rest of the movie. Yeah. That's really tough to top, I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah, it was hard for... As soon as I thought of that one, everything else I thought of, I was like, well, that's just not exciting at all compared to yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do have to say I've had several moments in my life. I remember afterwards thinking to myself, that was really good. That's something that I'm really like, that's gonna, that's gonna stay with me for a while. Yeah. Uh, definitely the first time watching the original Star Wars trilogy, that was something that obviously, I mean, to this day, Star Wars is still one of my favorite properties, themes, um, Star Wars, you slap Star Wars on anything, and I'm going to pay attention to it. Yeah. I might not pay for it, but I will be interested. Yes. <laughs> I genuinely don't remember the first time I saw the original trilogy. Mm. Like, I know I saw it when I was a kid, because it feels it feels like it was almost a priority for my dad of like, hey, he's, he's going to watch these movies, dang it. Yeah, my dad was the same way. Um, which is funny because he likes Star Trek more than Star Wars, but it was whenever the, 
when it was released in theaters again. When all would that have been the 20th anniversary, probably? Yeah, what was that? 1997? Yeah, because I remember remember he took me to every one of them in theaters. In fact... That was the. I remember that was the first time I went to see a movie twice while it was in theaters. Nice. Because I loved Empire Strikes Back so much that I asked if we could go see it again before Return of the Jedi came out. How do you, as a parent, look at that? Be like, no, we've already, we've already done. Like, yes, there's a showing again in twenty minutes. Uh, I'll, I'll tell. We'll, we'll be back in a, in another three hours. Uh. Yeah, I we have I, to watch this movie again. Yeah, I don't think it was that quickly, but I do believe it was within like a week. I was like, "Can we go see this again?" Yeah, because that was good. <laughs> yeah, in the reveal of you know, spoiler alert <laughs> for this forty-year-old movie, <laughs> <laughs> but Darth Vader being revealed as Luke's father. Fathers, brothers, uncles, second cousins, college roommate. Whoa. So what does that make us? Absolutely, Absolutely nothing. nothing. Yeah, that, so that's that's definitely something that has stayed with me. Something here recently, actually, that stayed with me is um, when I finished, finally, it took 20 years, it feels like, but when I finally finished um, Red Dead Redemption 2, the, uh, the main storyline... When I finished that, I remember wrapping it up, you know, the credits start rolling, and I was mm-hmm. like, that was a really good game. I believe it. That was a really good story. So that's something that's really lasted with me here, just here recently. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you're in the midst of Titanfall. Had you played it before? Yes. Actually, okay. I, I meant to say I finished that uh, just the um, like two, three days ago, and... Um, yeah, kind of the same same thing. I was like, I, I remember finishing finishing that, and was like, okay, so when is uh, so where's Titanfall three? Oh, it's with uh, it's with Half Life three. Ah, games people have wanted for years that will never happen. Oh man, yeah. So I was six years late to that mm-hmm. ball it's game. Okay, I was I was like three years late. So and. No and now I'm like, man, I uh, kind of hope that this either a new Titanfall or if, you know, Respawn has said they're going to make a first person shooter that's Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if they kind of do the same kind of thing, mm-hmm. it's going to be awesome. Yeah. No, I'm I'm on board. So as long as it doesn't microtransaction like Battlefront did. Oh, gosh. As long as it's like if you made Titanfall, but Star Wars, can you imagine how incredible that game would be. I I I I can't. I, I can't right? imagine it. It'd be ridiculous. I think it would be the greatest hit of all time potentially. Oh, I, I don't it, it might it might beat the original Battlefront 2. Are you talking in, ter- in terms of Star Wars games or just like yes. games in general? Okay. Cuz I had a I had a hot take earlier that the Orange Box is the single greatest game of all time. Mm. Because it had Every Half-Life game, Portal, and Team Fortress 2. Yes. Um, but greatest Star Wars game, that would that would have to be in the conversation. Yeah. If that, if that were to happen. I mean, right now, to me, at least with shooters, 
I mean, there's not a lot of Star Wars shooters, but there's Battlefront. <laughs> Battlefront Two on, like the original Battlefront Two mm-hmm. on like Xbox, PS Two. Yeah, yeah. That that was, that was the move. That was a great game. I don't know. Did you have any others? Um, it's not so much the the IP itself so much as it is the memory around it. Um, but like being 16 again and going to my friend's house and, uh, daisy chaining Xbox 360s together so we could do four player left for dead. Those were, those were some really, really good times that I miss, but also like I can play games online with theoretically anyone now. So that's true. It's the same experience, but different, you know? Yeah. There is something to, to be said about being in the room with somebody yeah i remember um before online was a huge thing and going over to a friend's house and they would play um i don't know if it was call of duty or what but they would um so that they couldn't screen cheat (laughs) they do like a cardboard thing to they would do either that or they actually had like a big like screen that they made oh my that would that like pretty much split the room in half and yeah, I mean, That's it was awesome. intense. It was intense. Kids these days will never know. <laughs> They'll never know having to like do land stuff unless they get to like pro level events. But yeah, or or having um, the the four split screen on a TV that's about the size of my computer, <laughs> and <laughs> and the TV being like twenty feet away. Yep. <laughs> and you're like, I I think I've got it. I'm not sure. Well, let's jump into Boba Fett. All right. Let's let's jump into this <gasps> Sarlacc pit, shall we? Ooh. 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 I don't know that I would willingly jump into one of those. Uh, definitely not. I do have the uh, Wikipedia episode synopses available. Perfect. By the way, for those listening, this is a very spoiler-heavy uh, podcast. So please, if you do not want anything spoiled with... Book of Boba Fett, now streaming on Disney Plus, not a sponsor. Um, Imagine. Then uh, please uh, go and check it out for yourself. Pause this episode, go listen, or listen, go watch. I mean, you do have to listen, but also watch and then come back and listen to this episode. Great. So, episode three. Three. Chapter three. The Street Three. Oh. Pour some out for your homies. Oh, um, <laughs> chapter 3. The Streets of Mos Espa. Fett is asked by watermonger Lortha Peel... To, I didn't know that character ever got a name. That's interesting. Uh, to punish a gang of cyborgs who are stealing his water in Mos just, Espa. And, and just pause. Like, How would that person really even know? Like, I mean, they really could have just thrown any name in there. And we've yeah. been like, oh, what? oh. Okay. Frank Chan. Huh, I didn't know that. that How about that? Yeah. I did see a great meme of that scene, and he's at, he says to Boba Fett, he said, they're asking for a stapler. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, a gang of cyborgs who are stealing his water in Mos Espa, claiming that the citizens of Tatooine do not respect Fett yet. Upon seeing that the gang has no work, Fett employs the cyborgs as enforcers and demands that Peel reduce his prices. 
In his back to tank, Fett recalls seeking the toll from the Pikes on behalf of the Tuscan tribe, only to find the tribe destroyed by the Nitko gang upon his return. His memories are interrupted when Fett is attacked by Kersantan. Fett, Shand, the guards, and the cyborgs fight off and capture the Wookiee. The twins soon apologize for sending Kersantan, claiming that uh, Shays has promised Jabba's territory to another syndicate. The twins vow to leave Tatooine and gift a Rancor to Fett. After releasing Kersantan and resolving to train the Rancor, Fett goes to Mos Espa with Shand and the cyborgs to question Shays. They find the mayor absent but chase down his major domo, who reveals that Shays is working with the Pikes. Later, the Pikes begin arriving in Mos Espa, and Fett decides to prepare for war. So, initial reaction after this episode was what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Um, I remember. The the initial reaction that I had when Boba gets back to the tribe and the tribe is destroyed, that hurt, man. No, it did. It, and I will I will say the flashbacks, the uh, memories, um, you know, Boba rec- recalling these memories while he's in the Bacta tank. It, um, I love those scenes a lot. Uh, they're really great and they're good because they're very very good character development. Yeah, helps you understand him and why he's doing what he's doing. But okay, so the cyborg thing is cool. I will I will admit that I like the cyborg idea. This is something that has not really completely been explored. I mean, we've seen like obviously we've seen like Anakin and Luke, uh, you know, lose arms and legs and be burned to a crisp and they get like these robotic implants and stuff and it helps them yeah but the idea behind the cyborgs is we're doing this on purpose Mm -hmm. by choice as well yeah remove this eyeball and put this implant in so that i can see infrared all the time yeah which again cool cool but i don't know that i would do it like poorly executed though yeah, it does look kind of clunky. Uh, and then on top of that, we get the Power Rangers and their chase scene. <laughs> I hate with, how accurate that is. With the mayor's assistant or That's whoever funny. it is. And uh, that whole... The, the brightly colored bikes. The bikes. I just... I, well, I can't... And the thing about the bikes, too, is like, they look slow. They do. Like, they don't look sleek. They look clunky. They look like Vespas. But, yeah, space Vespas. Yeah. 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 Like, I would much rather them have been on um, Mattel floating skateboards. Oh, like that would have been really cool. Like, I would have been okay with that. I'd been like, all right, cool. This is something we haven't seen before. And honestly, I don't even think I would have had that big of a deal with the bikes if they had not been so brightly colored it just it didn't look like star wars no it it would have made more sense and i feel like it would have tied to the flashbacks in a much cooler way if they had been like traditional speeder bikes yeah 
because then you kind of have that redemption of like in the flashbacks the villain is a speeder bike gang yes and in the present he's kind of redeeming this speeder bike gang yeah i feel like that would be a much more like on the nose this is what's happening as opposed to how it is now when it's like it's like West Side Story, but without the songs. Like the, <laughs> it, it's like they they grab the jets, yeah. but there are no sharks. I was waiting for the snapping to yeah. occur, which would be very interesting because one of them has a robotic arm. Yes, but I still think a human hand. Am I right in remembering that? It looked like she has. So she has her arm like mid bicep. Yeah, it turns was, into. Wasn't it? A robot arm, but it looks like she has a human hand at the end of that, which I found very yeah. interesting. Yeah, you were right. Yeah, you're right. Huh. Anyway. Not sure how that works. Science fiction. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, so other... Uh, I, so I guess basically I didn't care about this episode is what I'm saying. Um, yeah. I mean, I still enjoyed it, but I, it, it, the the chase scene and the brightly colored bikes is when i was like this isn't star wars not yet anyway this definitely and we we talked about this a lot with other like disney plus marvel shows this felt like a building episode yes because it had cool moments like Mm -hmm. the the flashbacks are cool the kersantan fight i thought was pretty cool um but the rest of it like it's a it's a cornerstone to build to where you want to be yeah yes i can i can agree with that well let's move on to the next one okay uh episode four uh chapter four the gathering storm in the back to tank fett remembers trying to reclaim his fire spray gunship from java's palace which was protected by too many guards this feels like a children's book there were too many guards um, How many guards were there, kids? It's like a pop-up book, and you have to flip them down. After Uno, you find all dos, of them. tres. It's like Dora the Explorer. That's funny. <laughs> Boba the Explorer. Um. Anyway, <laughs> when he discovered Shand dying from Jar a gut Jar, wound, no swiping. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, when he discovered Shand dying from a gut wound, Fett took her to a Mos Eisley mod parlor where her life was saved with cybernetics. In return, Fett requested Shand's help to break into the palace, now ruled by Bib Fortuna. After fighting the guards and retrieving Fett's ship, Shand decided to stay with Fett. They killed the biker gang that Fett believed to have massacred his Tuscan tribe, before before flying to the Sarlacc pit to retrieve his armor. Shand killed the attacking Sarlacc with a seismic charge, though Fett did not find his armor inside. In the present, Fett emerges from the Bacta tank fully healed. He witnesses Kersantan fighting Trandoshans in the sanctuary and hires him. At a banquet, he urges Mos Espa's other crime bosses to unite against the Pike Syndicate, but they refuse. With the Rancor's presence, Fett convinces them to remain neutral while he fights the Syndicate alone. Man, that was a B.A. scene, was it not? Yeah, it was a flex. It was yeah. absolutely a flex. It was like, are you going to be with me? I'm like, no. Are you going to go against me? Ah, 
No. Also, <laughs> no. Definitely not. <laughs> um, and then at the end of the episode, Shan suggests that they hire reinforcements for the imminent war. And then the Mandalorian theme plays. Yes. Very yes. on the nose. Yes. Um, to me, the seismic charge was the highlight of this episode. That was one of yeah. the coolest things that the Slave One had in the uh, prequel trilogy. Yes. Because if you if you don't remember, but you've seen the prequel trilogy, it's a scene in Attack of the Clones where Obi-Wan has followed Jango and Boba Fett from Kamino to Geonosis? Yep. Okay. And he's in a uh, um, asteroid field around Geonosis, and Jango deploys this seismic charge, and it just annihilates the entire area. It's this incredible weapon. And as soon as he got back into the Slave One in in Java's palace, I was just like, "There's going to be a seismic charge in it." It's the coolest because it has this this sound where it's loud but then quiet, and it's it's super. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, I don't understand, are they calling it Fire Spray just because, is it supposed to be a different ship from Slave 1? It's the model. Yeah, yeah it's the model it's the of model, ship it is. But, like, originally wasn't it called Slave 1? I mean, not the model, but the ship itself? No, it, it is. It's a, it's oh, okay. the type of ship. Oh, okay. To where, like, the Naboo Starfighter has a specific designation the slave one is a fire spray 31 class gunship gotcha yes we actually had a listener clear that up one time long time ago actually in a galaxy far far away no this one this one okay it was worth a shot it was worth a shot yeah it feels like it was that (laughs) far away though that was a long time ago i don't even remember what we were talking about Actually, it may have been when we were talking about the like season two of Mandalorian. That would make sense. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, it's um, I really enjoyed. Uh, is this also the episode where he gets out of the back to tank and they're like, "Hey, you're healed." Yep. Yeah. So, I guess the flashbacks are done. Uh, remains to be seen. <laughs> um, there were, there were no flashbacks in episodes five or six, but I think there is potential for them in seven, which is going to be the season finale. And, um, I think the only thing that bothered me about this season on, or, uh, this season, this episode specifically was, um, he, he grabs the little like robot droid that he chases around the room mm-hmm. and he throws it up against the wall. And then he's like, I am Boba Fett. And then the little robot like shuts down and I was, I mean, it was funny and I was like, yeah, he is intimidating. But then afterwards I was like, why did he do that? Why did he have to announce who he was? What was the point of that? I don't have a good answer for that. To be completely honest, I had forgotten that happened because it sounds kind of cliche. It's not the type of thing I would have wanted to remember. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) No, it, it's perfectly fine. You like we all remember different things about the same. Like we could watch the same show, and have different points of focus. And I think that's, that's just true. one of those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean the rest. The rest of the the episode though was great. And uh, and yeah, I mean it definitely like set up for like, hey, this is what we're doing now. And yeah. uh, so I was, uh, which 
if you if you figured out like if you if you could remember the Mandalorian music and you kind of knew what was going to happen in the next episode. Yeah. So we'll we'll jump into that one. Unless there was anything else you wanted to say about uh episode. No. What uh, what was this? Chapter four, four is is kind chapter of the four. same as chapter three in the sense that it's a building episode. It yeah. exists to get you where you need to be. Um leading into chapter five, Return of the Mandalorian. After Din Djarin tracks and kills a bounty, he delivers the bounty's head for directions to a Mandalorian hideout. There, he finds the Armorer and Paz Vizsla, survivors of their tribe of Mandalorian warriors, who inspect the Darksaber that he won from Moff Gideon. The Armorer explains that whoever wins the Darksaber in combat can become the ruler of Mandalore, though their civilization was destroyed by the Empire. The armorer turns Jaren's Beskar spear into a gift for his former charge, Grogu. Vizsla, a descendant of the Darksaber's creator, Tar Vizsla, challenges Jaren to a duel for the saber. Jaren defeats Vizsla, but reveals that he previously broke their tribe's code by removing his helmet. Rejected by the tribe, Jaren takes a commercial transport to meet Peli Mato on Tatooine, who has an old N1 starfighter to replace his previous ship the Razor Crest. Together, they fix and modify the starship, and Jaren takes it for a test flight. Upon his return, Fennec Shand arrives and asks Jaren to assist Boba Fett in the upcoming war. He agrees, but only after he visits a friend. I would just like to say, to begin the talk about this episode, by saying it's a great episode of television, um, but this is an episode of The Mandalorian. This is Definitely. not this. It doesn't feel like it belongs in the book of Boba Fett. Not at all. Um, in fact, in the next episode, I hadn't seen it yet, uh, and I was on Twitter, and everybody was doing a really good job of not giving out spoilers. Yeah. But one person I follow said, mm. "said uh, so this new episode of Book of Boba Fett has a cameo of Boba Fett." <laughs> really funny actually and it's very yeah. accurate <laughs> yeah um because i i was i was wondering that through the whole episode i was like so when's i, I guess he's gonna show up at the end nope nope you got finnick yep and finnick's that... a cool character i'm not gonna sit here and, and talk about finnick but it's not called the book of finnick shand no although i would probably watch that show too to be honest i would probably you. watch that too yeah yeah we got the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, and the musical of Finnick Shand. <laughs> I don't know that I could handle a Star Wars musical. <laughs> like after after um, the musical number from Hawkeye, I don't oh, think yeah, I could do no. it. No, I don't. I don't think I could not. do it. I would. I would miss out on that one. Yeah. No, thank you. Ugh. Ugh. Gross. Um. I, I like this episode a lot. I it just do. doesn't fit. It doesn't. But I'm not going to complain because I do love Mando yeah. and I do love that series. So it was fun seeing him come back and him wielding the Darksaber. I don't know that I realized how heavy the Darksaber is to wield. Like, it, it doesn't... 
look like it's wielded like a traditional lightsaber, mm-hmm. which I found to be very interesting. Because he, in the in the initial fight scene, he, like, flash fries his leg. Yeah. From where he just, like, taps it with the flat of the blade. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're still learning how these work, aren't you, bud? Yeah. It was, um, this was an episode that, um, it made me very excited for the return to the return of the Mandalorian, um, uh, for a new season. Yeah. And, um, I will say I I looked, I, I went to Wikipedia for the Mandalorian season three is expected to be released in 2022, but filming is expected to last until the end of March. So, so maybe December. Well, there was already a show scheduled roughly for December, wasn't there? One of the Marvel shows? Or were we just estimating that there was probably going to be a show from Thanksgiving to Christmas based on their previous release history? I think that's what we were thinking. Okay. More along those lines. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, there There were a lot of... Uh, this. This episode was really good because there was a lot of nods to other movies mm-hmm. uh, and other things. Um, you know, the, they first off the Naboo ship. Oh my gosh. Was a callback to the prequel trilogy. Then uh, the test flight, the test flight. Oh my gosh. And he gets back and she's like, so how was it? And he's like, wizard. <laughs> no, did you, did you notice anything about the test flight? Uh, did it look familiar? No, I, I didn't. I didn't pay attention. It looked to me when I was watching this episode, it looked like the pod race course. Oh yes, no, I did recognize that. Yes, like I remember watching. So I was watching that, and I think Meg was watching it with me. And I was just like, like tapping her on the leg. I was like, Meg, 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 Meg. This is the pod, the pod race course. And she was like, the what? And I was just like, oh no, I'm very <laughs> excited, and she is not. <laughs> It just shows the level of nerd that we are. Yes. I, I didn't realize how much of a Star Wars nerd I was until we were watching this episode and he asks f- for a certain part and the Jawas come up with it and it's this long metal bar thing. It almost looks like the muffler underneath a car. Mm-hmm. And... I paused it and I said, hey guys, I'm realizing right now how nerdy I really am. (laughs) And they were like, what? And I said, so see that thing that he's holding? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, that's the thing that they use in the trash compactor to keep it from closing. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. And then they looked at you and they said, the what? (laughs) Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and I was like, I'm I'm like ninety five percent sure. And so I Google it and I show them and they're like, Oh yeah, oh, it is. <laughs> so uh I can't help it. When you love something, you love something. It's true. <laughs> so did you have any uh any other thoughts on this episode? Uh, the only thought about this episode that I, I did want to point out is, um, they need to, they need to give her a movie to direct. Bryce Dallas Howard. 
Yes. Yeah. Because that was really good. Yeah. And she clearly understands Star Wars to me. Like she she understands how it works and what the fans really enjoy because I enjoyed everything in this episode. Yeah. Um all the callbacks, you know, she she openly made fun of the line that everybody laughed at when the kids like that's so wizard annie <laughs> it was great yeah i i tell you one thing that i'm excited for uh based on this episode so with um mando replacing the razor crest which was essentially like not a freighter but like it had storage it had like space it was it was large it was much bigger it was than the in one, yeah, yeah. It it indicates to me a shift in tone for his character. Mm. Like he might not be a bounty hunter anymore. No, he might not he be might... a mercenary where he has this swift and agile single seat fighter now. Like that has me excited for what season three is going to be because I mean Moff Gideon is still alive, so I think somehow he escapes. And he has to track him down, but he he's not going to bring him in warm or cold. If he goes after somebody, they're in the ground. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah, he's not doing it for money anymore. No. He's doing it because he's, he ain't taking your crap anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's here to kick butt and chew bubblegum, and he's all out of bubblegum. And also bubblegum in a helmet, not the best idea. No. That'd be very loud. Can you imagine blowing a bubble? Like, I've been, I've immediately made a mistake. <laughs> Uh, it's just like sticky everywhere but you can't take the helmet off because your tribe says you can't so you have to like try to just claw it out oh yeah that that was i forgot about that uh that they kicked him out so well there's only three of them including him and they're like no the two of us don't need you like (laughs) disagree but okay fine i don't want to be a part of your club anyway (laughs) I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. Exactly. <laughs> but let me let me get something out of this first. Let me get this little gift for my little green friend. Yeah. Which I don't I'm not a scientist. You're never going to hear me claim to be a scientist. But if she turned that big old Beskar spear into like a potholder, like something that size, there's something called the conservation of matter where all that Beskar had to... Like, she kept a lot of that Beskar. I was thinking the same thing. As soon as I saw the little package that she handed him, I was like, there's a lot of that spear that you kept for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I suppose we'll be finding out about that in Mandalorian Season 3 as well. Possibly, yes. All right, so... Chapter 6. Chapter 6. From the desert comes a stranger. On Tatooine, Cobb Vanth, Marshal of Freetown, formerly known as Mos Pelgo, confronts and shoots Pike Spice Runners. Jaren flies to a forested world to visit Grogu and is greeted by R2-D2. As Jaren rests beside a new Jedi temple, Luke Skywalker trains Grogu to use the Force. Skywalker helps the youngling remember his home, who recalls fellow Jedi dying during Order 66. 
Jaren finds Ahsoka Tano, who leads him to Grogu's location. Since Grogu's bond with Jaren may hinder him, Tano elects to hand the armorer's gift to the youngling while the Mandalorian returns to Tatooine. With Skywalker and Tano watching, Grogu dodges shots from a training remote. At Fett's palace, the crime family discusses their manpower shortage. Jaren goes to Freetown to enlist Vanth and his people. Promising to help, Vanth sees Jaren off. After Jaren's departure, Cad Bane arrives in town upon being enlisted oh by the Pikes. Oh After gosh. a standoff, Bane shoots both the Marshal and his deputy. Two Pikes later bomb the sanctuary in Mos Espa. In the temple, Skywalker allows Grogu to choose Jaren's gift and stop his training, or Yoda's lightsaber, and be trained as a Jedi. Man, this episode. I hated this episode. <laughs> what? It was like it was really good, but the ending of it is like, come on, man! <laughs> come on! I didn't actually hate this episode. I hated the ending. Yeah, and, and I guess part of the reason you hated the ending was probably because you know how stuff like that works. Yep. And we're not going to get a solution to that until probably the end of season three. Of The Mandalorian? Of Mandalorian. I think it'll be somewhat early. You think so? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think we could get resolution on that next episode to set the stage for season three. Oh, okay, yeah. I think I think that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Um I honestly, and I realized this was this was an eventuality based on how Mandalorian season two ended. I really don't like digitally de-aged Luke Skywalker. It's it's not that it looks weird. Yeah, it's that it doesn't feel right. Yeah, it. You can just. I mean, and it's probably just the fact that we know. Yeah. You know, we yeah. we we know that Mark Hamill is not that old. He is much older. He is. And we know, yeah, I mean, I think it's just because we know the truth. And so, like, for um, my wife, who likes Star Wars, she's not, you know, she wasn't able to recognize the, the, uh, nuances of, yeah, 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 she, she can't do that, but she does enjoy it. And she said her first reaction actually was, wow, that looks a lot better than last time. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) So, yeah. So she was like, that's actually, and then she said, she actually stopped for a second and was like, you know what? I think that's actually him. And then she looked it up, and sure enough, it actually is Mark Hamill, but he, they just, they de aged him. him. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. And then obviously, for the scenes where he's running around, they uh, used a body double. Oh, I was going to say they used him, but you know. I mean, could be. He might be able to do those flips. I'm not. I'm not going to say I don't he can't. So, <laughs> I don't. I don't put anything past Mark Hamill. <laughs> yeah, he. Um, it, this this episode was directed by <sighs> Dave Filoni. What What was your reaction when Ahsoka said, "Oh, you're so much like your father"? At first, I was kind of like, "Huh." At first, not you really. were afraid. You were petrified. <laughs> first i was uh um it was weird at first it was and then i the more i thought about it i thought you know what 
that's actually kind of cool. Or I bet Luke really enjoys hearing it. that. Yeah. Because Be- he never really got to know his father. Mm-hmm. And Ahsoka Did. knew his father very well. I would I would argue better than anyone other than Padme. Mm-hmm. And so to hear that from her, which would be kind of a weird dynamic. I wonder if he almost looks at her as like an aunt, you know, like almost like family. It. Yeah. You know? And, and so I could see him being like, oh, cool. You know? Yeah. Um, but it was probably encouraging for him to hear that because, you know, he knows from her, you know, I'm sure she's told him what a great Jedi he was. So it probably means a lot to him for to hear that, I would think. I would think so as well. Did it did it bother you to hear that? It's not that it bothered me so much as it was it was just weird, man. Mm-hmm. Because they they all at this point in time, I expect that they're all on the same page. So like Luke obviously knows Darth Vader was my father. And I would expect that he knows Anakin Skywalker before he turned trained Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And then I would also expect that Ahsoka told him that she fought Darth Vader. So it's like, if they're all on the same page, that's just kind of a weird situation of like, we remember him how he was before, but we can't ignore what he became. Yeah, and I think too, like, it's kind of the way that like Luke saw it, uh, really all of them, you know, and even Vader himself you know, says that, you know, in that scene where he does fight Ahsoka in Rebels, he says, Anakin was weak, so I destroyed him. Mm-hmm. And so, in a way, he did kind of create this this alternate identity, this... this uh, Persona? Yeah. And so it really wasn't Anakin anymore. It was just, it was this evil Vader. Yeah. And then, you know, so I guess they choose to, to just say, you know, in the end, he 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 died as Anakin. Yeah, he was able a, to a very complete Vader. arc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, I uh, I don't know, man. This when I this Luke is a dick. <laughs> like that's another thing I didn't like about it. He's like, oh yes, you could have this mithril <laughs> armor that will save you from a cave troll. Um, because that's straight up what it is. Um, yeah. or you can have this other mythic item. I was like, you should, he should be able to have both. Are you kidding me? Yeah. What's the deal here? Yeah. Why not both? Grogu should take the lightsaber and then slice off Luke's other hand <laughs> and take, take the Mithril. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, man. I did like that. Um, <sighs> Luke like pretty much said, you know, Ahsoka is like, you know, you're you're doing a really good job of training him. And he's like, I don't really know if I'm doing a good job of training him or if he's just remembering everything that he had already learned. Yeah. Um, and then we got to see his flashback, too, of uh, Order 66. That flashback stressed me out, man. And uh, that was intense. I, I was I would be interested to see like how that finishes like who how he got out of that situation like because I mean they're coming for him so like mm-hmm. did he just do like a super awesome force push and they all I th- I think he did like it was one of those you see or it in, you was see it, it in like, Rebels um, a little bit with Ezra where you're yeah. still very raw in the force and you get that intense emotional moment mm-hmm. and you just summon this massive event and then I bet that's what happens and it like not wiped his brain but it like kind of reset him a little bit yeah yeah and then um 
Or I wonder if it was like, you know, one thing we haven't seen yet in the movies or any of the shows is um, in Force Unleashed, when he does like that force push and it disintegrates Mm -hmm. everything in his path. I wonder if Grogu did something like that. Oh, that would be vicious. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Because you have to think that is like borderline. Well, not even borderline. That is a dark side ability. Yeah, that's straight up straight dark up side disintegrating right things like whew. yeah, Ooh. which we've seen his his power that he has because like uh, I'm I'm actually currently rewatching the second season of Mandalorian right now, and um, there's the scene where the stormtroopers are starting to interrogate Grogu when he's on Moff Gideon's ship. And he is just throwing the stormtroopers back and forth across the room. And then at one point, like, picks them both up and is choking them. And then just throws his hands apart. And they all, and they both just hit the wall and and die. Yeah. And um, so, obviously, he's very powerful. Yeah. He's a really powerful little dude. (laughs) So, I mean, to say that, like he was able to do something like that where just the the uh, clone troopers were just disintegrated, I would not be surprised at all. Yeah, no, I, I don't know that I would be either. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. This is, uh, this is just another episode, kind of like the last one, where I was like, Dave uh, Filoni, who um, we love so much from um, Clone Wars and Rebels... And, uh, this guy, he, he kind of like with, uh, um, Howard, um, with Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard. They just, they understand star Wars. And so, um, I don't know. I, I saw a petition the other day that said fire Kathleen Kennedy and hire Dave Filoni as the new, mm-hmm. uh, CEO or, you know, the, the, the one who's in charge of star Wars. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds like a wonderful idea. Yeah, I don't know that I would complain too, too much about that, other than I don't want it to become a, uh, oh, what's his name? Kind of a Jeff John situation at DC. That, yeah, I Where could see that. someone is really, really good at something, and then they're like, oh, okay, what if we make them do more? And then it just kind of deteriorates everything, including the yeah. thing that they were originally good at. So Right, right. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm wary, but I would be I would be on board. But uh but yeah, it um I don't know what choice does he make. I'm kind of leaning more towards he picks the armor and goes back with uh, Mando. Mhm. I'm leaning that way as well. Um I could also see potentially him choosing to become a Jedi and then being reminded later of Mando and then changing his mind. Yeah. I could also see that, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's a 50, 50, it's a coin flip. He can do one of two things. So I'm excited to see how they get there. And I know regardless of what he picks, I will, I will argue he should have done the other thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that's just a reflection of how I am as a person. Uh-huh. Um, so, how excited were you 
to see Cobb Vanth again. Oh my gosh, dude! It um so my my son and I, uh, my oldest, we have watched all of Clone Wars. We've watched all of Rebels. We've also watched um the first season of Bad Batch, and. As soon as he looked into the desert and we saw his outline, we knew exactly who it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's iconic. The big, wide-brim hat. Oh, you're talking about Cad Bane. Yes. Isn't that what you well, asked? I said, how excited were you to see Cobb Vanth again? Oh, Cobb Vanth. Oh, yeah. Yes, that too. Because I remember when... Unexpected, but... When we reviewed that episode of The Mandalorian, it was definitely a sense of like man, I hope we get to see him again. Yes. And then getting to see him again in the, in the context of the, the entrance of Cad Bane, like you're, like you're saying he has an iconic silhouette. Yes. And I would just like to take this moment to say if that deputy had kept his dad gum mouth shut, oh my gosh. he would still be alive. That was so stupid. That was so... Because first off, he mouths off to, to Mando. And Cobb Vanth essentially has to be like, sit down, shut up. Um, And then he does it again. Yeah, and he looks over at him like, dude, shut up. And they, But he he has to misinterpret that glance. He'd be like, yeah, I'm doing great. No, bud. No, you're not. There's a reason in this gunfight, Cobb Vanth gets shot once. And theoretically might be alive. Yeah, in fact, if you... I noticed he got shot in the shoulder. Yeah, they're So he they're could very like easily survive that. But this deputy, I tell you what. <laughs> <laughs> Cobb Vanth gets shot once, and then Cad Bane spins on the deputy and shoots him like six times. Yeah. He's real dead. Idiot. But man, seeing Cad Bane... <sighs> In a live action mm-hmm. Star Wars product. Like, that was incredible. Well, and knowing the likelihood that we'll see him again. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, man. And I, I'd be willing to bet that he'll probably be like he is in the animated shows, where he'll never fully be a good guy, but he might help out, like, every now and then. Yeah. I mean, he... For various reasons, for selfish reasons. Oh, absolutely. I would say more than most characters, he is ambiguously aligned. Yes. Like, he is aligned with his own self-interest. More mm-hmm. so than even most of the bounty hunters, because the bounty hunters have that assumption of evil, rightly or wrongly. That's just kind of how it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely feels like, hey, whoever pays me the most gets me. That's how it is, yep. straight up. Yep. So, who knows? So, six episodes down, one to go. Do you want to rank the series one to ten now, or wait until the finale? I I could rank it on what I've thought about it so far. Because for me, it's definitely... it's, It's a disconnect between the four episodes of The Book of Boba Fett and the two episodes of The Mandalorian. Mm hmm. Yes. There's a definite disconnect there. Yes. And the the Mandalorian episodes are really good, but they take away from the Book of Boba Fett to me. They take away so, like so much of the focus and the potential. Mandalorian season 2.5. Yes, absolutely. So I would say that 
while I do appreciate the Mandalorian episodes, um, I could have done without them and focused more on Boba Fett. Yeah, I agree. Because it's his show. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I, I mean, that's not to say I didn't fully enjoy those episodes. They were great, but it just, it did, it felt very out of place. Yeah. I wish, I wish that it had been not a known thing because I did kind of enjoy the, the ambush of chapter five being a Mandalorian episode, but I wish that it had been more episodes because seven total, but only five of them follow the narrative plot of... Well, I mean, I guess episode six technically falls in the narrative of Book of Boba Fett, but sort of, kind of. It it feels like a Mandalorian episode. It does, and uh, the Book of Boba Fett episodes to me are untapped potential. So they are they are a seven, and the Mandalorian episodes, while high quality, do not add inherently to the Book of Boba Fett, in my opinion. Mm-mm, I agree. So there's a lot riding on this season finale to me. Like this, this makes or breaks the show. Yeah, for me, this last episode is going to really decide for me if I really want another season of Boba Fett. Yeah. So who do you think the big season finale reveal is? There's going to be one. What? I tell you what, what is the show that comes out next? Is it Obi-Wan? Disney Plus, Star Wars. Because I know that comes out this year. Uh, Let's see. Book of Boba Fett. Mandalorian Season 3. Alright, Obi-Wan premiere date just says 2022. Uh, The Cassian Andor show says 2022. The Bad Batch Season 2 is sometime this year. Um, Ahsoka is all TBA. I wouldn't expect that until next year anyway. Oh, I don't either. I just wanted to know. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of TBAs here. So my thought behind that question is obviously they will want to bring attention to the next project in this project. That's just kind of the nature of how things like this work. In a shared universe, you have some type of codependency. <clears throat> so I don't know that they're going to bring in any other bounty hunters. Um, I know someone on Facebook has been clamoring for a IG-88. That's, <laughs> no, it's not It's not going to happen. Um, I don't think so either. But who, realistically, who could it be? It could be Bosk, um, if they wanted to go that direction. Yeah. Um, because it's too early in the timeline to try to tie someone in from the sequel trilogy. Because my immediate yeah. thought was, man, it'd be really cool if like Poe showed up. <clears throat> But yeah, you'd have to think it, he'd be like 10. Yeah. Yeah, he'd still be really yeah, young. He'd be, cause he'd this, be a kid. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, Luke isn't even training Ben um, Ben yet. So this is all still very... Because it's, what, 30 years from the end of Return of the Jedi to the beginning of the new trilogy? Give or take, yeah. And we're probably what five years I think five. five to eight years outside of return of the jedi yeah it, so and so i'm guessing we haven't even had the big because the big battle that kind of like ultimately ends i wonder if the battle of jakku has already happened i couldn't tell you 
my shot in the dark guess is going to be really lazy and i'm going to say i think it is a prequel character is the big reveal in this in this episode yeah so some I, mean, I could see that still existing prequel character they've shows kind of been going to kind of save that, the day they've been going that direction with um you know showing a lot of prequel related stuff mm-hmm. to lead so into that could Obi-Wan. be a hint yeah well and i mean oh, you yeah. have to think guess who's on tatooine not in this time obviously but like obi-wan was on tatooine for years Obviously, yeah. he's been dead for a few years at this point, but he'll have built relationships. He'll have friends. Yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if there or like there could be a character introduced here. Jar Jar Binks. Oh my gosh, I will quit. <laughs> I will straight up quit. I I I do have to say I would not be upset at all if they brought in Jar Jar Binks for something and then he immediately got killed. So you so you don't ascribe to the. Jar Jar is secretly a Sith Lord theory. No, not I do all. not. Okay, he's just an idiot. I I don't disagree. <laughs> but yeah, maybe that will be like the big reveal at the end. But then something will happen. The Rancor will come over and eat him. That would be so funny. Oh my! <laughs> and then gosh. that's how it ends. That's like the end credit scene of of this season. It's yeah. like like Misa here, he's, Crunch. <laughs> he's the one who's been behind the spice the whole time that would be take off the pike's mask and it's jar jar (laughs) just shoot him (laughs) yes uh i don't know i really don't have a guess um i don't want to say it's going to be anyone from the prequel trilogy just because i feel like it's been too long of a timeline Mm -hmm. too long of a stretch yeah i think i think um you know because at that point, like, you know, anybody who might be showing up was probably a kid in the prequel trilogy. For example, Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a child. So was Mando. He was a child, too, during the, the Clone Wars. So, you know, it makes sense for them to be there. But anybody else, like, I can't think of anybody else that would show up. I mean, it would have to, um, it would almost have to be a clone and, like, like in rebels like any clones that are left are old yeah and at this point like if rex is still alive like he would be very old Mm -hmm. so that like that wouldn't even be fun (laughs) um yeah i don't know good question so i think that's that's just going to be something to watch out for for uh for this next episode but i think it is uh far past time to get into (laughs) what we would deem the feature of this episode over an oh, hour. Oh, that's true. In. Yeah. Yeah. We have we have a couple of movies uh that no one asked us about, but I want to talk about them, dang it. Cuz I was getting in a uh, a Twitter discussion with a good friend of mine yesterday about the Batman uh coming out in March. Oh, yes. And I was thinking to myself in the midst of that, I was like, I'm having a lot of fun going back and forth about this movie. Um, mm. I think that I think that that's what we should talk about. So we're going to talk about three movies. Is it just the three? Just the three. And the last one, mine, could honestly just be a mention. Like, we don't even have to go into detail about it. Okay. Well, I was going to go uh, release order. So yours would actually okay. be first because... Okay. Uh, Death on the Nile releases February 11th here in the States. It is uh, an adaptation of an Agatha Christie book. 
the main character is Hercule Poirot, and the the tagline is while on vacation on the Nile, who'd have thunk? Hercule Poirot must investigate the murder of a young heiress. Yes. So if you are familiar with Death on the Orient Express, um, this is a, I guess you could say a sequel to that movie. Um, it's not really a sequel because there's not like there's anything that carries, carries over, over yeah. from that one. But um, it's by that same author and uh i really death on the orient express was a a pleasant surprise yeah it was something different um it had a lot uh i mean it had an all-star cast and uh really they did a great job of keeping you guessing all the way to the end so it it was a classic who done it mm-hmm. type of thing uh and so i'm interested to see what happens in this one so it's it's just a it's one of those movies that's a good change of pace. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm very excited to go see it. And I don't know that it's going to be I don't think it'll be like a transcendent cinematic experience, right? I think it's no. going to be fun. I think yes. it's going to be entertaining. I think it's going to be interesting. Enthralling is too is too far. It's too interesting. Um but I think it will be like pay attention like actively watch this yes so i'm excited you know we'll probably it'll probably be a tuesday night movie for us um Mm -hmm. so what is that the 11th um this time in two weeks i we might have we might have seen it so i might be able to give a little a little rundown on it yeah so i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty excited about that one but uh yeah mainly because it's just it's a good change yeah from what I'm, i'm normally watching but yes, what so what's up next? Up next is Uncharted releasing uh, yes. somehow releasing February eighteenth. Just kind of snuck up on us. Um, yeah, starring sure Tom Holland as Nathan Drake and then uh, Mark Wahlberg as Sully. I I'll be honest, Jay. I'm not excited about this movie. Good, I'm not either. <laughs> I I was a little scared you were going to say you were pumped about no, this movie. I'm not it's just the movie itself i think can be good i think if you go to see this movie having not played any uncharted games you will probably very much enjoy it but for me as a as a fan of the series with these predetermined notions of how things should be based on a decade's worth of games i don't think it's going to go well Mm mm-hmm and my the thing that the thing that gets me the most about it is action adventure movies like this i think can be incredible but there shouldn't be an inherent need to tie it to something else like you shouldn't have like this shouldn't be an uncharted movie this should be new characters with new motivations and then i think it could it could be a much bigger picture or a much larger scale success yeah i could agree with that yeah, I think uh, I think the reason I'm not that excited about this movie is because it is a video game movie. Uh, it's a video game adaptation or yeah. a, an adaptation of a video game, and uh, historically, uh, those do not go well. Yeah. So that's k- kind of my thoughts on it. Um, <laughs> Tell that to The Rock. He is allegedly signed on to do a- another video game movie. 
I saw that. Rumored to be Call of Duty, by the way. Which would be an absolute disaster. Yeah, good luck with that. It would be awful. As a fan of The Rock and a fan of Call of Duty, no. There's no way that works. Yeah. Uh, (sighs) I feel like he just needs to call them and say, hey, can I make an appearance as a character in your game? Yeah, that would work. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, so because of that, that's why I'm not excited, but I, uh, yeah, I don't, dis- I, mean, I don't disagree I, with I don't any know. of your points. It might, it might be a pleasant surprise and it looks like they're taking like, you know, there's the scene specifically where he's falling out of the plane mm-hmm. and I know that's taken directly, directly from the game. Yeah. Like that happens in the game. And so to me, that's like, well, that's cheating. <laughs> you did that already. Yeah. We've already done that. <laughs> yeah. Like do something different. Yeah, I I don't disagree. Um, Which leads us to the movie I think we want to talk the most about, which is The Batman. The Batman. Releasing on March 4th. This thing on IMDb right here, it has a runtime of two hours and 55 minutes. Yep. Three hours. Yep. In fact, I read somewhere that there is a director's cut that's five hours long, I think. I, I think. I love director's cuts of movies because it, it gives the option of like fleshing out what their vision truly was. Uh-huh. But five hours is absurd. Yeah, that's like that's a whole nother a full movie. shift at work. That's a whole nother movie. Yeah. Yeah. So gonna, I'm not I, excited for this movie at all. Which I am I am cautiously optimistic. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. On oh, no. on the Wikipedia page it says the oh, film dear. is intended to launch a Batman shared universe with two planned sequels and two spin-off television series in development for HBO Max. Well, I did see oh, that. We already no. talked about that. We talked about the series that they've already said they're going to do a series on HBO Max, and you and I both said, "Isn't that kind of putting the cart before the horse?" Well, like it was you, it was Gotham, wasn't it? They were going to do a Gotham show, and it's like, haven't we already done that before? Well, yes, yes, that's right. But it was going to be set in this Batman universe. Yeah. So this is basically they're assuming that this movie is going to be a hit mm. and it's going to be really good. I. Mm. Mm. I I don't know. I one of the one of the things that I'm not excited about, I'm not a huge fan of the inherent need to we have to make it gritty and like dark and down to earth and realistic and I was like, no, we don't. It's kind of the whole point of like escapism with things like this. And like excuse me, but how realistic is it that a man runs around in a bat suit and jumps off of buildings? not very in my exactly in my personal opinion the closest thing to a batman that we have is the at&t tower downtown <laughs> the batman building yeah well, i was gonna say like the people who like go full cosplay and go to like children's hospitals in character <laughs> like that's, those, those that's are the really real cool heroes. i'm not knocking that at all if you if that's something you do find a way to do more of it that's incredible yeah um but You're the real mvp gritty real like i don't what what mcu movie was there that was gritty and realistic it's not to say they were all like bright and colorful like guardians of the galaxy or or ragnarok but 
I mean, the grit Thor: The Dark World. The grittiest they got was probably Winter Soldier, and it's not really yeah, yeah. that gritty of a movie. It's really not. No. So I, I'm worried that this movie is sabotaged from the beginning. Somewhat surprisingly, I'm not at all worried about Pattinson. Not at all. I think he can. Do you I think, think he's he going to do a really good job? It's not that I think he will do a very good job so much as it is I believe him to be capable of it. Okay. Yeah. That is the immediate bar that he has to cross, and he has crossed it for me already. So that was our concern going into uh, Batfleck was, right. oh, this is probably not going to go well. And then, in my estimation, I think it did. I think it did, too. I think he yeah. is, at worst, the second best cinematic Batman. Mm-hmm. So I rank, I mean, I rank him higher than Michael Keaton, which is going to be controversial to a lot of people. Obviously, still below Christian Bale, but that's a very, very high bar. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not excited for this Riddler either. No, it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, I think you've you've said it perfectly. It's it's like they're they're really trying to make it more realistic i guess where it's like oh this is what a true serial killer would be like or whatever yeah and it's like eh, you don't have to do that yeah and i get i get that they were kind of up against it from a creative standpoint because kind of like they've done with the spider-man movies right if there's been a villain done we can't exactly redo them this close mm. Because if you look at it, it's very rare that the Spider-Man movies had a had a duplicated villain. Yeah, right. So... And the one that did failed. Yes, somewhat spectacularly. Um, Ha-ha! But they... So they had to go... They couldn't do any of the, any of the Nolan villains, which is Raish, Joker, Two-Face, Bane, Talia. I'm missing somebody, I think, but I don't care. Oh, uh, Scarecrow. Ah, yes. So they couldn't do any of them, which is, I mean, those are some of the most iconic ones. And, I mean, who's who's left? The Riddler. Um, Penguin. Penguin isn't, I just, oh, Colin Farrell is the, oh. Have you seen him as the Penguin, though? I have though? not, no. It does not look like him at all. It, good, good. <laughs> that is, that is, uh, that is, that is good. But I feel like the truest representation of the Riddler is going to end up being somewhere between where this movie is with the essentially like Jigsaw from the Saw movies, right? Very similar to that. Uh, and the Jim Carrey Riddler from uh, Batman Forever. Yeah, Batman Forever. Yes. Because that was obviously over the top, like, silly. That was a 90s comic book movie in the purest sense of the of the phrase. Oh, Yes. But I feel like we could get to a point where that becomes like, man, we watched this three hour or potentially five hour movie. And I really just sat there like, I kind of wished I had more Jim Carrey Riddler. Like, that's a point we could reach. Yeah. Because the Riddler. I think think you're right. Even in like the Arkham games, right? The Riddler is not this. Hey, look at all these people I killed. It's like, hey, look at all these people who might die if you don't solve my riddles. And then you solve the riddles because you're Batman and you also have the internet telling you how to solve the riddles. That's me. I I would <laughs> right. get very frustrated when I couldn't figure them out on my own and I would right. like watch YouTube videos on how to beat them. Uh, hey, c- just, confession you, time. I'll, I'll say that. You just walk around the room and you look for the thing that like doesn't fit. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, scan, solve the riddle. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Well, what was the riddle? I didn't even read it. Yeah. 
<laughs> so I, mm, I'm I'm kind of upset that I am excited for Andy Circus Alfred Pennyworth, just because I wanted more of the Jeremy Irons Alfred Pennyworth, and we didn't yeah. get it obviously because R.I.P. Snyderverse. Um, I'm I'm getting more open minded to the Zoe Kravitz Catwoman, so that's definitely a I'm gonna wait and see. I'm not gonna have a super hard opinion on it right now. But I just, uh, yeah, no, I feel you. This is, and I said it on Twitter, and I know you saw it. I said this is the movie I have been most resigned to see, because I know I'm going to see it, obviously, but I'm not excited about it. Mm. Like I'm excited to see Death on the Nile. I'm not excited to see Uncharted. I'm not excited to see the Batman. I want to, but that want does not reach the level of excitement. Yeah. I, uh, I'm right there with you. So that was, I, that uh, was my rant. <laughs> I, I feel you. And I think that, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to give it a shot and, uh, see what happens. But yeah, I, my expectations are pretty low. Yeah. And, uh, especially the way that they keep talking about it and they keep talking about how dark this movie is. Cause that's the, that's the general consensus I get mm-hmm. from, early reviews of it is that it's just very dark and I don't know if I, I mean, I know Batman is dark. I I know that, but I just don't know if that's really the direction I want them to go with it. There's, there's gotta be something in between, you know, you don't want colorful kind of like what you said. You don't want colorful and cartoony, but you also don't want a saw movie. Yeah. You know, you want something in between. Which is what comic books should be, I feel. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you. So, well, we'll see. And uh, and we will see it when it comes out. And we will give you our opinions on it. So you can uh, rest assured with that. And um, But uh, if you want to get in touch with us, there are a few ways. Uh, The first way is you can go to our website. They didn't ask us pod.com. There you can listen to our old episodes, which actually, I apologize if you've been on there recently. I noticed that for some reason, the uploads aren't going on there. I don't know why. I'm going to try to figure it out before um, our next episode. Um, But uh, while you're there, you can see a bio of John and myself, and then you can also uh, fill out a, a little thing down at the bottom if you uh, have any questions comments or concerns you can email us directly they didn't ask us at gmail.com and then you can also follow the show on twitter Uh, it's uh, t-d-a-u underscore pod yep and then you can follow john j mueller uh uh, oh my gosh i forgot the numbers uh (laughs) J Mueller eight three three yeah oh my gosh eight three three two eight three three two oh my goodness J Mueller eight three three two and then you can follow me at the nerd is underscore in and you can also listen to our episodes on your preferred podcast platform and while you're there if you have the option or ability uh please uh rate and review and subscribe you know all those those podcaster things that all the other podcasts i listen to say and then i realize like i don't know that we say that so uh 
Yeah. R R R S. Rate, review, subscribe. Hit the little notification bell. <laughs> oh no, we're YouTubers now. <laughs> Go ahead, subscribe, and hit that bell. Uh, I watch too much YouTube. I'm gonna confess that here as well. You can you can look at all of our resources. They're down in the doobly doo. Oh, not the doobly doo. Oh gosh. <laughs> well, thank you so much for uh, tuning in, and uh, but we will be back in two weeks. But until then, nerd out. <laughs>